Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Okay, Sunday, fun day. We are here and a lot of changes happening over the weekend with uh, games getting moved uh, just uh, and postponed. So we got games Tuesday. I got, I got a doubleheader Monday. So fewer games today. Obviously, uh, uh, yesterday we only had the, uh, the Saturday night matchup between uh, the Colts and uh, uh, the Pats. Uh, you know, Colts won as they should. It was a lot closer than it needed to be because of Carson Wentz. Um, and just the Colts in general just kind of getting at, like getting in their own way, uh, to be perfectly honest. I think they should have smashed New England even harder than they did. But, you know, we'll, we'll take the W when we can. But, you know, uh, I, I know folks were uh, had qu- called me out on questioning the Chargers going for two the other night and i still stand behind it Uh, you know going for two makes sense in certain circumstances when you're again last night where the colts you have the advantage in a particular spot on the offensive line and you know you're going to get a push and you're trying to control clock because you don't respect the new england uh offense to really punish you, even if you give up the turnover on downs. You're not afraid of New England's offense. That makes sense to go for two. The issue with going for two, again, yes, you want to put up touchdowns against the Chiefs, but at the same time, you still need to have points on the board. You're making it sound as though you have to chase these points because you don't have the offense to keep up with the Chiefs. The Chargers have a top five offense. They're going to put up points regardless. So to me, it makes more sense to chase the two-point conversion. Go for it on fourth, try to chase two-point conversions. That's if you have an offense that sucks. If you have an offense that can't move the ball and you're only going to get a a limited number of opportunities to put the ball in the end zone, that's when you you play the numbers game and you say, you know, we're only going to get X number of chances. When you're the Chargers, you have that much talent, you're going to win those matchups against the Chiefs. So why are you playing so desperate to get an extra set of points? Like, just take the three. You go up a touchdown, and at the end of the day, even with you rationalizing that going for two, and the drive that they actually went for it on fourth down and eventually uh, got the touchdown, that drive at least made sense because it was a short yard. Again, very short yardage situations. You can win that push against the Chiefs defense when they're that bad. When you're trying to chuck the ball in the goal line format, that's a lower percentage play. It's just, that's just reality, folks. It's a lower percentage play. So, yeah, you can say, oh, the analytics, uh, the, the, the thought process of it 
it's it makes sense. The the play calls that you're trying to do to execute are low percentage plays. It's not likely to work. I'm sorry. Like if you're if you're trying to sell me on oh, you're only being results based uh, analysis there. No. Because the, the the when you get into the red zone, it is harder to throw in tight windows. That's why you, you try to at least be more creative with your run plays to give yourself some space because defenses know it's easier to run the ball. But throwing the ball when defenses are just pressing up on you and the receiver don't they don't have the opportunity unless you're Devontae Adams and you can make such a perfect release that no defender is staying in front of you. It's hard for receivers to get open in short yardage throws when it's fi- uh, when you're five yards or less uh, from the goal line. It's just hard. So no, I'm going to call it out because it's not a high percentage scoring play call. Period. Take the three points. Your offense is good enough to score more points. Like, it cost them the game. Uh, like, it, it's just that simple. It literally cost them the game. So, yeah, the like, Brandon Staley effed that up royally. I am not taking back that stance because the decision-making, I understand his decision-making. I just question the rationale behind it because it made it seem as though the Chargers were the weaker squad in that matchup. They weren't the re- weaker squad. They weren't, but they played like it. And the Chiefs took advantage of it at the end. With Kelsey breaking off that long touchdown run 30 yards away, because there's no way Kelsey should have scored there. But anyway, I've already dragged on the point long enough. But like the the folks saying that, you know, I I hate, uh, like I'm making the wrong sense. It's like, no, it's not the correct play call. It's not the correct play call. Like the decision you're making to uh, try to go for some of those fourth down plays was just just the wrong call. That was the desperate call. It's if it's as if you don't trust your offense to be able to score more, uh, more possessions. You're trying to force plays that aren't there. Point blank. That you do that if you have an offense that's incapable of scoring points, and you're not going to be able to put yourself in enough positions to get back in the red zone when you actually have the points a chance to take the points on the board you actually take them because yeah can the Chiefs score certainly but you can score points too it's like i like building up lead is not the worst thing in the world i i uh, like i'm just gonna vehemently disagree with some some of the folks that are saying going for it on fourth down was the right call every single time no it's not the right call every single time like at, at a certain point like you actually have to use common sense too so Anyway, let's get into it with the games that we still actually have on deck for today. So in the one o'clock window, we've got Arizona, huge favorite over the Lions. I mean, this line started out at 14. It's it went down to 13. Uh, to be honest, it, it, it very easily could end up at 13 and a half. Uh, you know, Arizona had a very disappointing game against the Rams. You know, they bungled about everything they could, and they're still 10-3. and three. And so everyone wants to say the uh, Arizona's are, uh, Arizona's are frauds because they struggle at home. They're only 3-3 uh, three and three at home. And I'm like, okay. You know, they're, they're, uh, their uh, rush defense is still excellent. 
they still uh, are able to throw the ball. The, uh, losing DeAndre Hopkins for the rest of the regular season hurts, certainly. But they have more than enough talent on that squad receiving-wise. It's, it's usually the, the difficulty is fitting them all in has been the problem. So today is actually the day to be playing Arizona and a number of different stacks. And this is an MME-type day. So we we are definitely playing Kyler Murray. And you can make your case as to uh, which receivers you want to pair him with because they're all in play. So between Zach Ertz, you got uh, you got Zach Ertz. Uh, you're uh, you're gonna play uh, Christian Kirk is like the primary option, but I like Zach Ertz today. Kirk uh, is uh, 5300 on DraftKings, 6K on FanDuel. I like as I said, I like Ertz today. Uh, he's a uh, he was at uh, I believe it was 5100 on uh, DraftKings. And, you know, Rondell Moore, cheap at 4,400. You got A.J. Green at 4,800. Like, there are a number of plays you can go with uh, the pass catchers on the Cardinals because they're going to be able to throw uh, quite uh, quite a bit on this. Uh, this, I mean... It's it's really hard to like call the Lions a NFL team, uh, to be honest. But uh, you know, it's it's just comical, realistically, how lopsided this matchup. Like the the Cardinals are that much more talented uh, than the Lions. Uh, just if you're just looking at these rosters, I'm not. I don't really see unless the Cardinals. Come into this one, and yes, it's a one o'clock game. You got a West Coast, and it's like this is a stretch because it's not even a true West Coast team. It's a Midwest because like they're in uh, the Mountain Time Zone, uh, coming into Central Time. So it's like it's not even the full jet lag effect. Like this is just a lopsided matchup. You know, there's just there's not much else to say about it. It's just a lopsided matchup overall that. Uh, we're looking at here, and I don't really, I don't really see that much you can actually argue in terms of the Lions keeping this one close. So to me, if you don't like the pass catching options with playing Kyler Murray because you think, and again, the Cardinals have to get up somehow. So I do believe that they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit on the Lions. So you know. I think the pass catching options on uh, Arizona make a ton of sense. Uh, you know, again, AJ Green, Rondell Moore, Kirk, they're all in play, in my opinion. Uh, the FanDuel pricing is a little bit more favorable towards Kirk because uh, he's only 6K, whereas AJ Green and Rondell Moore are like 5'7 and 5'5. Five, five. Uh, so to me, it's like at that point, Kirk is still going to get, uh, the bulk of, uh, the targets out of, out of the group of players. But to me, Ertz on FanDuel, again, makes a ton of sense. He's going to be popular. You, you'll be five, three, like, but again, sometimes, you know, trying to get cute by avoiding 
solid plays, it doesn't make sense to me. So let's not get cute. Let's take advantage of the matchups you can and kind of go from there. Now, the tricky part here becomes in the rushing attack, you know, you have James Conner, but Chase Edmonds is also back. And Chase Edmonds usually is going to get pass catching work with the Cardinals. So, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where, you know, I like Connor in to get the carries in the second half, whereas I'm not entirely sold he's going to get enough touches in the first half to make it uh, the price tag worthwhile. Uh, so on FanDuel, he's 8K. On DraftKings, he's uh, uh, 6,100. I I don't I don't necessarily it's like it's one of those plays where I'm gonna have some exposure to him without question. But I wouldn't be shocked on DraftKings where you got Edmonds at fifty one hundred that I won't try to play some Edmonds lineups because I could see Edmonds getting a pass catching touchdown against that line's defense. I this is just such a lopsided matchup. It's probably the most lopsided matchup of the week. Um, if not that one, then the next one we're, we're going to be talking about. Uh, so that's why I'm spending so much time just saying, you know, these are quality plays. It's just pick, uh, uh, choose your own stomping uh, uh, script and go from there because I don't necessarily see what uh, the rationale is to uh to necessarily um avoid this game i i just i don't i don't get it i don't get why you would be choosing a different way um i was like i i don't see there's a way uh to get cute and avoid this game but like i i think you should have at least one player in this game uh for the lineups, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, uh, in my opinion. Uh, that's just the way I look at it. It's like someone in this game is going to have a day. I just don't know who, but I think there is a rationale for why there needs to be a uh, exposure. Uh, there, there, there should be exposure to this game. I like it's just that simple. I just, I don't see how you can fade this game. And on the Lions side, um, you know, you, we if we go blowout script, Josh Reynolds is questionable today. He's dirt cheap. Uh, he's uh, at like forty one hundred on DraftKings. I wouldn't make the play on FanDuel at all for Lions receivers. Just because on FanDuel you need them to get into the end zone, and I don't know if any of them can get in the end zone so i'm on st raw and josh reynolds um i'm on st raw is like 5200 on DraftKings. uh fanduel i think his ownership was um like 5900 reynolds was uh like 5100 i i just don't think either of these guys can get in the end zone so to me i don't like it the uh, the run back play on fanduel on DraftKings, I can get behind Amon St. Ra because there's a possibility that, you know, the Lions just keep checking down plays uh, the entire game 
uh, because they're going to be down three scores for the majority of the game. So to me, I get it. Uh, they also have uh, Brock Wright um, at tight end at 2,800 playing again because uh, it looks like Hawkinson is going to be out for another game. And that's about it. Uh, but as I said, I wanted to like kind of talk through this one a bit more because this should be a clear-cut game where you got to stomp and there are enough pieces involved that, you know, they may not have the ceiling game because everyone gets uh, will probably get a chance to eat, but you have a decent enough floor to uh, play uh, any of the names I mentioned on the Arizona side. I don't know if the Lions play is going to get there, but the Arizona side, I, I don't have that much fear about. So uh, let's let's get moving on to the next game. We got Buffalo hosting Carolina. Buffalo, another large favorite. Uh, I mean, this line started out at like 10 and a half. I'm sure it, like everyone has been hitting it. it it's probably going to be up to 14 before kickoff if it isn't already. I mean, the Bills, again, they lost last week. They threw away that game against Tampa. Not because they threw it away in overtime. They threw it away because of terrible play calling to start the game. I, I still don't understand how they were so unprepared to start that game against Tampa. You know what Tampa's going to do. They're going to blitz you. You know, you, you try to run into the blitz. Like, it took them forever to realize that. Um, and just use Josh Allen's legs to uh, break, have them break contain and make something happen. It took them a while, but they figured it out eventually. But by that point, they got themselves so far behind that it was an uphill battle. And then Tampa managed to put it away finally in OT uh, and really should have been put away even earlier than that. It's just that Brady was missing a bunch of throws uh, uncharacteristically. So, you know, it happens, but uh, we kind of move on. You know, if we're looking at this objectively, Buffalo is going to smash. And we know, and this is the reason why, I could see folks getting away from the Arizona game, but I still think you can play both sides uh, of Arizona and Buffalo if you get creative with how you build out your lineups. Because we know Buffalo is just going to chuck the ball. Josh Allen, you don't have to play Stefan Diggs. For whatever reason, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen have not been on the same page. I, I don't know what it is, uh, you know, and. I blame most of this on Josh Allen because I think he's regressed and his accuracy has just been so off that, you know, unless uh, Diggs gets himself wide open, Josh Allen has not been hitting guys cleanly. So that is a reason to give you some pause for playing Josh Allen stacks as I'm advocating. But Josh Allen can still scramble. He can still get things done. So to me, I still think Josh Allen is a viable play. I'm just more looking towards stacking Josh Allen. Um, if I'm stacking him, I'm looking to stack him with a Dawson Knox uh, for the red zone targets or going with a Gabe Davis, uh, who's 3,700. Um, Knox is 5,100 on DraftKings. Um, and the FanDuel pricing, I'm pretty sure he was like around. Yeah, I had it here. Um, yeah, Knox is uh, 6,500, but the reason why I would say focusing on those guys 
is it's going to be short passes. Like Josh Allen issues have been on the intermediate and deep routes. That's why it's been harder to get there with Josh Allen because it's like he has not been connecting with Diggs. He's not been really connecting with Sanders. He's not been connecting with Beasley. It's because Josh Allen just has not been that accurate on the intermediates and deep balls this year. And it's the regression where he's uh, he's regressed closer to what his career has been thus far as opposed to what he was showing last year. Now, with that being said, this Carolina team is going to give up plays in the secondary because they are so aggressive. So the reason why I say this is like you can have pause about playing Buffalo is that, you know, Carolina can pick off Josh Allen. My take on it, though, is that Josh Allen is still going to keep chucking, and you could have a, a, a game where he's throwing for 325, three touchdowns, and two picks. That is not even remotely surprising to me if that's an outcome today. I think Josh Allen, uh, force-feeding the ball, is going to put it up numbers. The issue is just how efficient can he be and can he get there with these receivers? So to me, this is, again, one of those uh, you can mass multi-enter. I would lean more towards Kyler Murray because I think it's an easier matchup for him to just exploit and not be as... Because the thing is with Josh Allen, it's the decision-making. He's forcing throws that he doesn't need to. But, you know, I just kind of look at it from the standpoint of I know there's points to be had in this game. I'm not as big on digs. And because the Arizona pieces are so cheap, you can fit in Josh Allen and uh, some of the other Bills options like Dawson Knox or go double tight end with Knox and Ertz. I, I think you can get creative with your builds and... I definitely think there's viable options because, again, Buffalo's not going to try to run on Carolina. Carolina's actually somewhat decent against the run, too, so it it just doesn't have that much point in going for it. And, you know, the Bills, their rush defense has not been good, to put it mildly. Carolina's going to try to run with Cam Newton. But, you know, with that being said, I still think Buffalo's defense should be able to do enough to not have this turn into a complete shootout. I think it's more likely that the Bills put up 30 and you probably get 17 out of Carolina. Now, that would technically count as a backdoor cover, um, but I'm not entirely sold on... I'm just not entirely sold on uh, this game being a little bit uh like a, a being a little bit quicker running down the clock uh than the the Arizona game just because I think Carolina's going to try to keep this one on the ground and try to run clock so you know it is what it is um but definitely like uh, the pieces for Buffalo and the receiving options so Beasley, Sanders and Knox uh particularly Knox um, and yes, you can still play Stefan Diggs. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying it's harder for Diggs to get there with how Josh Allen's been throwing the ball. And I keep and I keep saying, uh, you know, and I'm 
believe me, I'm going to keep playing Diggs and Josh Allen together. It's been losing money. It's been a losing money proposition every, every single week, but the price on Diggs on FanDuel is 7,800. He's even cheaper. On, uh, he's cheaper on DraftKings, but the FanDuel pricing on Diggs, I mean, it's just so cheap. And he's going to be so popular on FanDuel. Uh, you know, but again, it's it's one where I'll still have some lineups. It's just I'm not going to force feed it. I'm not going to force feed it. It's probably going to burn me. Uh, this is probably going to be the weekend it finally happens, but you know, I'm not going to go too crazy uh, trying to force feed it. Next up, my sorry ass Giants. Uh, hosting the Cowboys on Fan Appreciation Day, where the Giants, as their Fan Appreciation Day gift, decided to give us a, for season ticket holders, get this, season ticket holders for the Giants, your prize is a free i mean free medium soda baby woo that's what i'm talking about medium soda you know i the giants you know this is just such utter i i i like come on a free medium soda a free medium soda like like i want to know what goes into the decision making process of just saying you know, any size soda. No, no, no. We have to specify it can only go up to medium. Like, you pay thousands of dollars a year for season tickets, and the best you can do is a medium soda? Really? Really? Man, this team sucks. This organization is just in tatters. You know, you're going to replace Dave Gellman with his assistant who doesn't know any better. And you wonder why you're losing so much. I, I, I don't. And, and, and then you think this is a good promotion. I, you know, Dallas is going to stomp here. You know, the news we're going to be waiting on is if Tony Pollard's going to play. You know, Dak Prescott usually shreds uh, the Giants secondary. The Giants should still be playing a cover coverage, so they're going to give up yards. And I just think the Cowboys just pick them apart all across the field. Like I don't see where the Giants even remotely stay close in this matchup. You know, no uh, Daniel Jones out again. You know, the Giants can keep saying what they want. It's, it seems more increasingly obvious Daniel Jones got injured during that Tampa game, and they, they just refuse to admit that he got injured. Because what other game could he have injured his neck in if not the Tampa game? What, you telling me he got injured in practice? Uh, like The Giants are just in denial at this point that uh, Jones got injured in the Tampa game and they didn't catch it and they let him keep playing even though they were getting blown out. Like, that's the reality of the situation. So the Giants already are talking about benching Mike Lennon at some point, if this game gets out of hand, to see what they have in Jake Fromm. Let me tell you what you have in uh, in Jake Fromm. Deadly squat. You know, you got nothing. You have nothing. I don't even know why we're even having this debate on whether or not Joe Judge should come back. He's actually regressed further than what Pat Shermer did. I don't understand what this love affair is with Joe Judge. I warned people about this last year. 
And, you know, falling in love with a coach just because he he gives sound bites. The sound bites, sound bites are nice when, like, you you want to hear something, like some BS that makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. But the reality of the situation is, if you look at Joe Judge's uh, coaching tenure, he's made multiple questionable decisions, has no rationale for the basis of those decisions, and keeps giving jargon for the sake of giving jargon because he thinks that's what people wants to hear and he won't tell the truth because he openly says he doesn't want to tell the truth in front of the media. He'll just tell the truth in front of the player. Like he, he just openly admits it. He doesn't even try to be coy about it, which again shows how lack of depth he has in terms of handling the media obligations. So it just exacerbates the problem. There is nothing here on the giant side. I am interested in. The Cowboys should smash uh, the Giants today, which sickens me. And I'm not even going to bring Cam on so he can gloat about the Cowboys smashing the Giants today. It's too pitiful. But I will say, if the Tony Pollard news comes in that he's in, I'm going to have a lot of exposure to Tony Pollard and the Cowboys defense. I still don't think the Cowboys are going to try to use Ezekiel Elliott as much because they realize that they have to limit how much exposure Zeke has with that knee injury. It doesn't make sense. If you're if you're going for the playoff run and you truly believe Zeke can help you, I don't. I think Pollard's the better running back, and it's been very clear about that. I think Pollard's the one who should be getting rested. But they're going to play Pollard today. I'm going to play Pollard over Zeke. Uh, because, you know, I think they're going to prioritize Zeke's health over Pollard's. Now, if they rest Pollard today, which... Again, they shouldn't even need Pollard to beat the Giants. I'm playing a ton of Corey Clement because I still think they're going to rest Zeke. And Clement's going to get all the backup carry work of 4,300, dirt cheap with the Cowboys defense. And no one's going to play Corey Clement, in my opinion. They're not going to adjust to the news. So to me, I think Clement, you know, if we get surprise news about Pollard, it looks like Pollard's going to play. Well, we don't know for sure, but if it comes to that, I'm basically playing uh, uh, Corey Clement over so many of these other guys at a cheap price tag. I, I think it's just the the most sound play you could possibly do. So uh, Cowboys, uh, you know, again, this is another game where it went from a 10 and a half spread and it's about like a 12 point spread. Cowboys cover here. Uh, you know, I just, you know, there's nothing... There's nothing feel good about the Giants at the moment, and I, I'm tired of talking about them at, at this point. It's just too aggravating, and the situation's not improving anytime soon. All right, another terrible matchup. Man, there's some bad games today. Uh, we, we got Jacksonville hosting the Texans. I mean, the less said about Urban, I want to cop a feel Meyer, the better, uh, you know, I mean, Urban Meyer's tenure with the Jags. <laughs> so it's like, you know, when you have to have the punt, uh, the kicker fabric, I mean, I don't even say he fabricated a story, but like you have to have him bring up a story where Urban Meyer kicked him to finally get him fired. Like those players hated him so much that they're just like begging anyone and everyone to come up with their Urban Meyer horror story to get the dude finally fired. It, it's just, it's just a mess. But, the Jags should have won more games, if not for Urban being such a terrible head coach. 
Daryl Bevel has no clue what he's doing either. But, you know, giving James Robinson the ball against uh, the league's worst rush defense currently, right now, in the Texans, yeah, it's like the Lions are a terrible rush defense. The Raiders are pretty bad on rush defense. Texans, like, they give up the most yards. So, you know, James Robinson, as bad as Jacksonville is, you know, I I gotta believe finally James Robinson's gonna because Urban Meyer had some kind of agenda against James Robinson. I have no idea what James Robinson did to piss off Urban Meyer, but like he kept getting benched by Urban Meyer for no good reason. And yes, I'm bitter about it because it, it crushed my fantasy season. Uh, when you have James Robinson as your uh, lead running back and he's getting benched randomly for no apparent reason. Um, but with that being said, James Robinson. Uh, 5,800 going to be the most chalk play of the week um, on DraftKings. He's going to be chalk on FanDuel. Uh, like, FanDuel pricing for Robinson was uh, 6,300. Like, everyone is going to be playing James Robinson. And there's no reason not to. There is no reason not to play James Robinson today. Unless you're you're trying to argue with yourself, everyone's playing him, so I don't want to play him. Fine. But the Texans are awful. They are awful. The Jags are awful too, but it was more awful because of the coaching, not necessarily the talent level. Talent level on the Jags has actually been decent. The The bigger story that people aren't talking about is Trevor Lawrence may actually be a bust. Uh, I mean, I rip on Zach Wilson. All, like you've heard me rip on Zach Wilson all the time, but Trevor Lawrence is not doing so hot. You know, People want to rip on Tua, like, uh, in year two. Zach, I mean, uh, you know, we'll talk We'll talk about that, but it's like Tua year one was looking, even with coming off the hip surgery, was looking better than what we've seen out of Trevor Lawrence this year. I'm being honest. Tua coming off hip surgery is looking better than Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year. Like, Tua had a better rookie year than Trevor Lawrence. And Tua was getting benched regularly for uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, yeah, I'm curious to see today if Trevor Lawrence looks better without Urban. And maybe Urban was the problem. But the problem is, I don't think Urban was necessarily as much as I rip on Urban for his uh, play calling and whatnot. I I don't necessarily think Urban was the one holding back Trevor Lawrence. I just don't think Trevor Lawrence has been playing that well. And, you know, people aren't really talking about it because, you know, scouts don't want to admit when, you know, things aren't going right early on and they, they're going to just blend, pin it on Urban. But I don't think Trevor Lawrence, I I thought I thought he might be that dude, but he may not be that dude. We'll, we'll, we'll keep monitoring, but we, we might have a problem there. So, you know, again, in terms of other pieces in this game, not a whole lot. I know, and if you're doing, again, if you're like me and you're going to do some mass multi-entry, it's not the craziest thing in the world to play some Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks uh, against James Robinson running the ball for Jacksonville in case you think the Texans can throw the ball and put up points. Davis Mills sucks. Uh, (laughs) So it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know what you're getting yourself into. It's just like full bl- full blank. It's like he sucks, <laughs> but the salary allows you to fit in 
a bunch of more expensive guys like a Najee Harris, who we'll get to. <coughs> so I, I think it's worthwhile, but I'm taking Jags to win, and I definitely think they're covering the three and a half uh, spread. Um, it, I, I actually, I think it's up to four and a half now. But regardless, I'm, I'm taking Jacksonville. Uh, you know, uh, this Texas team is just bad. Um, Miami hosting the Jets. The less said about the Jets, the better. But you know, I guess from a DFS standpoint, um, because Miami's rush defense is still pretty mediocre. You can play Michael Carter, uh, the Jets running back, coming back off of IR. But if I get the court, if I get the Pollard news that he's out, I'm I'm basically taking all my plays with uh, Michael Carter and shifting it to Corey Clement. Just point blank, I'm shifting it to Corey because to me, this Jets team can get stalled. There's a very real chance Michael Carter does not get there, and I think it's an easier chance that the Cowboys stomp the Giants. And Corey Clement gets a t- uh, 18 to 20 touches at a cheaper price tag than Michael Carter to be more worthwhile and outscores him. So I'm waiting on news, but I'm going to have Michael Carter in there for the time being. And on the Miami side, Tua should have one of his better passing days. Jalen Waddles in COVID protocol. So Devontae Parker goes back to being the number one wide receiver on the Dolphins. He's 4,300 on DraftKings. I mean, it's one of the easiest plays of the day, um, just playing Devontae Parker. He's the number one target against the, I mean, I'll be honest. It's like the, the Jets are the worst secondary in the league. Um, you know, he's 5,800 on FanDuel. There's no reason not to play Devontae Parker unless you're just trying to get different. But the Jets have given up so many big pass plays. And they just struggle. Like, the only reason why they didn't give up pass plays last week is because Taysom Hill cannot throw the ball. Tua can actually throw. Uh, you know, as much as the Giants wanted to make fun of Tua, uh, Tua can still throw the ball better than any of the Giants QBs on the fucking roster. Um, pardon my French. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's just... Again, one of those situations where I just think... Um, I just think at the end of the day, it like this is just clear cut. Miami's going to stop. Like we've got a bunch of games that are slated to blow out. So again, this is what makes it kind of tough in terms of like when you're building out rosters, you got to pick which game you're most comfortable going with. Miami pieces are cheap. You can you can mix and match different stomps into your your build. So like as I say this, it's like Devonte Parker, Miles Gaskin is cheap at running back for the Dolphins. I like Miles Gaskin today. Um, you know, uh, 6600 on FanDuel. Like to me Gaskins is a great play on FanDuel. And on DraftKings he, he's definitely in the mix at 5600. I, I I just look at these games and they're you know, you know what these teams are going to do at this point. It's like they're not going to do that many surprises. And on DraftKings you can also play Albert Wilson at 3400 if you're trying to save salary if you're playing a guy like Najee Harris. You know, I'm not necessarily going that crazy on the Steelers, but I get the play. Um, but yeah, Miami Miami wins easy here over the Jets. Next up, Tennessee traveling to play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. You know, I hate the Steelers team, but 
you know, Big Ben can't throw with any velocity. We know this. He's going to keep dinking and dunking, and that puts Deontay Johnson in play every single week. 7,500 on DraftKings. He can easily get another 10-catch day, and if he gets in the end zone, he's going to smash this slate. It's it's that simple. Tennessee's secondary is atrocious. It, it, it's, it is atrocious. Deontay Johnson's going to feed today. I get people wanting to play Najee Harris, but he's 8,200. I don't necessarily love the... Uh, uh, he's, uh, actually, he's 7,800 on uh, DraftKings. I think he's 80... Oh, okay. It's 8,800 on FanDuel. Um, 7,800 on DraftKings. I don't l- love the play because I would rather play Deontay Johnson for less money. And I think Deontay Johnson gets more touches than Najee Harris today. I, you know, I don't necessarily see why the Steelers don't just pepper Deontay Johnson with throws underneath. And on FanDuel, he's even cheaper at 7,200. Like, again, I'm going to be playing a lot of Stefan Diggs and Deontay Johnson on FanDuel today. Uh, just being perfectly honest, they're going to be in my lineup a lot on FanDuel today. Um, you know, and yes, the the uh, the points per reception is lower on FanDuel, but Deontay Johnson, I think he's getting in the end zone against Tennessee today. I just that secondary sucks. Now the question becomes, can Tennessee still get the win here because they're favored? Uh they were uh, at least like uh, before the money sw- swung. Um, Tennessee was favored originally, and I'm. I'm more of the opinion that, you know, this one just kind of comes down to a field goal. And the issue is, is that Tennessee has had so many issues kicking field goals this year. I'm not entirely sold on Tennessee winning this game. I think they win it, but I'm not entirely sold on it. And the Steelers have been winning these random ass games all year long. This is, would be one of the least surprising random victories. So, you know, I think this one's tight. If the line has moved so that the Steelers are the favorite, you you can you can tease this to the Tennessee side. I would throw this one into a teaser because if the Steelers win, it's going to be a tight game. Um, if Tennessee wins, you know, obviously they're going to uh, you're, you're going to win anyway in a teaser bet. So I would tease this game. Because I don't think either one of these sides uh, can win it outright by a touchdown or, or more. It's going to be a tight game regardless. So I my my pick would be to just to throw this one into a teaser. Um, depending on which side you want to go with, I would still kind of back the Tennessee side just because, you know, Big Ben just does not really do well. It, you know, when these later months hit, it's like the body just does not recover. Uh, we saw that we saw him tail off horribly late in the year last year. I don't think this year is that much different, but I think t- because Tennessee's uh, pass defense is so bad, Ben can put up decent numbers today by just peppering Deontay Johnson. So to me, the play is Deontay Johnson. I get Najee Harris um, against uh, the. Tennessee's rush defense, which isn't that great either, but um, yeah, I, like I said, it's like this one's like one of the trickier games to call. But you know, I, I'm 
I, I will play pieces of the Steelers. And on the Tennessee side, uh, the Steelers' rush defense has been rough. Rough, to say the least. So, Dante Foreman at 5,200 on DraftKings makes sense. I'm not as sold on him on FanDuel because the pricing, it's not as, it's not as appealing, in my opinion. He's 5,800. But we had cheap options in the same range, like a Jeff Wilson on FanDuel, who we're about to talk to next as we get into the afternoon games, that it's not as crazy of a deal to go there. So, without much further ado, let's get into the afternoon games. 49ers hosting the Falcons. 49ers heavily favored, as they should be. I mean, you know, eight and a half spread. Atlanta just. The less said about Atlanta and, you know, Calvin really being so depressed about playing in Atlanta that he's not playing football anymore is depressing enough to talk about. So I'm, I, I will stop referencing Calvin Ridley at this point. Um, there's really no reason not to play the, the 49ers here um, uh, in terms of a bet. It's just a matter of, you know, do you trust Jimmy G not to screw this up? Uh, because I don't see Atlanta putting up points here. I think the Niners just gash him on the ground. And, you know, Eli Mitchell is out today. So Jeff Wilson's getting the nod, which means Jeff Wilson will get some carries. But then you're going to see Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel run the ball because Kyle Shanahan does not trust the other running backs not named uh, Elijah Mitchell. So it is what it is. But, uh, you know, I'll have some. Jeff Wilson, but Jeff Wilson will need to get a touchdown to get there. I don't think he'll get enough carries on his own to get there. I think he needs to get in the end zone, which is certainly possible because Atlanta's that terrible that he should have at least one or two cracks to get in the end zone uh, against him today. So we'll see, but that's it. It's like, there's not much to talk about in this game. Next up, Cincinnati traveling to Denver. Uh, the Broncos, one-and-a-half-point favorites. You know, Cincinnati's the better team, but they have the worst coach in the NFL in Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor is the worst coach in the NFL. I think the uh, the stat I read was the Bengals are 0-28 uh, heading into the uh, uh, 0-28 when heading into the fourth quarter trailing. Which is amazing because it's just like, you know, you think you would have at least one game where your coaching staff managed to come up with something. Like, he gets outcoached every game. And there are miscues every game. I don't understand how his name has not come up in the hot seat. As bad as Urban was, I still think Urban was a better coach than Zach Taylor. Like, Zach Taylor is the worst coach in the NFL right now. I don't even think it's a debate. And that's crazy considering we got Matt Nagy and Dan Campbell still coaching. It's just amazing. So with that being said, you know, yeah, you can play Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, but, you know, I I don't, I think against Denver's defense, they've been playing hard. I don't necessarily like playing Joe Mixon at all today. I think Denver can slow down Cincy. I'm, I'm struggling to come up with ways where since he uh, doesn't put themselves in a bad spot to allow Denver to just uh, salt this game away with the run 
running attack between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I, like, you know, unless, you know, it's questionable for Williams and Gordon, but, you know, it looks like they're both going to play, and I think they're just going to wear down the Bengals' defense and pull pull out a W here. I, You know, the Bengals should win this game. But then again, the Bengals should have at least nine to ten wins uh, this year. And right now, they're on the cusp of missing the playoffs uh, if they don't win today. You know, it's it's really that simple. Uh, the Bengals are 7-6 over the Broncos. This is a playoff matchup. And I expect fewer screw-ups from the Bang. Uh, I mean, I expect fewer screw-ups from the Broncos than the Bengals today. Which is... It's just a, just an indictment of the coaching staff. Uh, like I don't know what else to say. Uh, and then our other uh, four o'clock uh, window game uh, today, because of all the schedule moving around, we got the Packers traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Uh, we don't know what this game is going to be. We still don't know if Lamar Jackson is is going to play in this game or not. So as of this moment. It looks as though Lamar Jackson is not going to play with the ankle injury. So Green Bay, uh, this started out as like a three and a half point, uh, three and a half point spread favoring Green Bay. It's at seven now. Honestly, if Lamar doesn't play, that line might as well be ten. But the line's not going that high because there's a chance Lamar wants to play, and no one wants to be on the wrong side of it if Lamar somehow gets ruled it. But it's like if Lamar's were officially ruled out, this line's going to go to ten. I'm just taking the Green Bay line now because I don't think Lamar's the Ravens are going to risk playing Lamar when they have a game up on the division. The Browns, while they should be able to beat the Raiders tomorrow in the game that was moved from Saturday, I think the Browns can blow that game. So to me, you know, I'll, I'll probably do try to do a a, a recap later. To I mean, a, a preview later today. Um, depending on the present, because it's going to be a two-game slate. I, I just don't. I I, th- I think the Browns are going to lose that game if if Baker plays. Well, we don't even know if Baker's going to be out of the COVID protocols. Like this entire like slate, it's 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 so up in the air. Right? It's like I hate making prognostications because we just don't know enough. But if Baker plays in that game, I actually think the Raiders win. I think the Browns' best chance for winning is if Baker doesn't play uh, for them. uh so with that being said that's why i think baltimore just kind of bags this game in and doesn't play lamar and make sure he stays healthy so i think they just concede the loss to green bay they'll compete they'll have tyler huntley play but i'll take the green bay side of things and you can play aaron Rodgers and Devontae adams Devontae adams is two touchdowns short and i think it's like 120 yards or so from passing jordy nelson on the all-time receiving records list for the packers i I think they're going to try to chase that to be perfectly honest. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked this, uh, to see it. So I'm going to be playing Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams today. So, I mean, in terms of the other play that I'm going to be leaning more towards AJ Dillon has basically taken over the lead back duties for the Packers. Yes. Aaron Jones still gets touches, but in terms of carries, Dillon is the guy, uh, He's get leading the timeshare. So I'm going to be playing Dylan with the Packers defense. I don't think Baltimore scores that much if Lamar's out, which I expect he will be. So I have a lot of AJ Dylan today. 
Uh, he's 5,700 on DraftKings. No one's going to play him. Uh, you know, no one is going to play him. So bear that in mind. If you're going down this route that I'm suggesting, you're going to be different uh, playing A.J. Dillon because no one's going to be thinking of playing A.J. Dillon instead of uh, playing Aaron Jones. Even on FanDuel, A.J. Dillon is 7-5, as is Aaron Jones. People are just going to play Aaron Jones uh, over A.J. Dillon. Um, so I don't like to play nearly as much on FanDuel because, you know, Dillon got priced up. But to get yourself, if you're in a large field GPP on FanDuel, it also makes sense to play A.J. Dillon. DraftKings, I still think you can play A.J. Dillon. And it's just uh, the price point at 5700 People are going to be playing uh, uh, James Robinson at 5,400. They'll be playing Miles Gaskin, but they're not going to be playing A.J. Dillon, and I think you can play all three of them together. <laughs> like, I think you can play all three uh, in, in your build. So, to me, I, I, I love A.J. Dillon today. I think the Packers smash here, and, you know, that's pretty much how this game should go tonight. Uh, today, I, I, you know, I don't see Lamar playing. I really don't. I'll be shocked if Lamar plays because it, it doesn't make a whole ton of sense. Um, in my opinion. So, uh, without much further ado, let's just talk about Sunday night football tonight. We'll get to the Monday games in a separate episode because there's still so much we don't know yet. It doesn't make sense talking about the Monday and Tuesday game. Like uh, we got Tuesday games for, for crying out loud. Um, but yeah, Sunday Night Football, Tampa Bay hosting New Orleans. I'm going to be honest here. Um, I haven't seen the pricing yet uh, for Showdown, so uh, maybe I'll have to hop on later to like kind of do the breakdown for it. But Tampa being favored by 11.5 points makes sense. I think you can play Taysom, play him in the captain, then play all the Bucks, including the Bucks defense. Because I think, to, like, if I expect the showdown pricing to go the way I expect it to go for DraftKings, I think you can play Taysom and just have him run around because everyone's going to want to play Kamara against and just play Kamara only and just play all the Tampa guys and expect Tampa to just smash him. I think you can just play Taysom and play the same script, but... No, like people are, because we all know Taysom sucks, but Taysom will scramble and will still get the yardage. Kamara kind of needs Taysom to just feed him multiple touches with uh, passes underneath, which is certainly possible, but it's, I think it's more likely that T Tampa uh, tries to like uh, clamp down on Kamara and it just ends up being Taysom just scoring enough and you know, the Tampa guys actually outscore Kamara. And Kamara's going to be expensive. You know, like I said, we haven't gotten showdown prices yet. So, you know, I could be I could be wrong. And uh, DraftKings and FanDuel could do it differently. But why wouldn't Kamara be exorbitantly more expensive than Taysom in most of the Tampa players? It just makes sense that uh, Kamara is the most expensive guy in the game tonight. So... We'll see. We'll see how the pricing uh, shakes out, but uh, that that's the way I look at it. Tampa should cover that one, um, but uh, we'll 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 make do of uh, the showdown later on today. But yeah, 
a lot of craziness happening. So the game shuts it around. We don't know what's what's going to happen. We're still waiting on injury news. But uh, I think we got some stomps today. Just take advantage of the stomps. Don't get too cute. And, you know, we should be profitable today uh, it, by just, you know, doing rational decisions in terms of lineup construction and kind of going with uh, the heavy favorites here and mixing and matching pieces accordingly. So that's all for now, folks. Have a good one. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and all other major outlets.